Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey there. How's it going? My name's Eric, and I work at Lowe's. Come to Lowe's and get 18-month special financing on purchases of $299 or more when you use your Lowe's consumer credit card. And right now, you can take 15% off Energy Star appliances or 10% off other major appliances priced $397 or more. So head to Lowe's today for our special financing and save big on appliances. Lowe's, let's build something together. Offers valid 4711 to 4-11-11. Some restrictions apply. See store for details. Valid in U.S. only.
All right, we started things off tonight with a little Dio, and that's the title track of that 2002 record, Killing the Dragon. And that's the only studio record to feature tonight's guest, Doug Aldrich, on guitar. Uh, I really, you know, I stopped really listening to Dio towards the late 90s. I wasn't crazy about, you know, Strange Highways or Angry Machines, but that album kind of brought me back into the fold. And let me see if my buddy Tommy's there. T, you there? Yo, bro, what's going on? All right, I saw a number come up, I clicked it, and then I switched over to something else. I'm glad it was you. Yeah. What's going right. on, man? Not much, not much. Got a great show tonight. Uh, Jason Hubble from Back from Ashes. He was on a couple of years ago. He's going to be calling in in a little bit, as well as Doug Aldridge, who's out with White Snake right now for the last 10 years. So, good show, good show. All right. All right. Don't well, show too much enthusiasm now, you know? I don't want you to overextend yourself right away. Well, you know. <laughs> make it make it last. Yeah. It's two hours we got. We got two hours. I want to conserve a little bit. That's right. There you go. All right. Well, we got a great show tonight, like I said. And Jason will be calling in about 630, and then we'll talk to Doug right after that. So let me see. Not much happened this week in metal. I was looking around on the Internet before to see if there was anything to talk about, but it's been a quiet week. Yeah, except for, well. Except for what? Vince Neal. <laughs> Who? Yes, except for Vince Neal. It's the only thing that's going on. Not really oh, all metal, yeah, yeah. but you know, it's yeah, the, yeah, gossip, yeah. the gossip of metal. Let's put it that way. Yeah, yeah. We talked <sighs> about that last week when him beating up his girlfriend or uh, assaulting her or whatever in the, that Vegas casino. Just going back and forth, back and forth. Yeah, well, he, I guess Nicky Six isn't hanging out with him. I heard him say the other day that he likes to hang out with special people because they lift them up or whatever. So, oh. I guess Vince Neil's not on that list. I don't even think those guys like each other anymore. <laughs> to be honest no. with you. I don't. I think they just get together, go do their shows, make their money, and, you know. Yeah, exactly. It's like you go to work every day, right? Yep. Do you really love your boss? I mean, you know, not, you know, I'm just saying. Not at all. There you go. Yeah, I know. I know. It, it's It's got to be a little camaraderie, but you do got to, you know, you're in tight quarters. You're close. I mean, I know when you hit that kind of level, you're not all cramming into the same bus and little quarters and moving around. You know, you got a little bit more freedom from each other, but you got to have a little camaraderie. I mean, you know, it, it, it shows on stage, you know. Definitely, definitely. You know, but you know, I was watching because I was talking because I was watching. I, I think it was the Carnival of Souls tour that had a VH1 classic the other night, so I was watching that a little bit. Mm-hmm. And, but I don't know if anybody told Mick Mars, but I think he died. Somebody's got to let him know because he's oh, just still, hang, <laughs> still just hanging on there. Oh my God, he looks he looks in bad shape. Uh huh. This is true. Yeah, I mean, I know he has some kind of a, a thing with his bones where they fuse together. He's got you know. Uh, it's off him to say, I give him credit just for getting up there and standing around, you know. Oh, yeah, definitely. Standing for two hours and playing with that kind of problems. But, boy, he looks like death warmed over. Man. I don't know. All right, what are you going to do here? Well, you know what? We're going to get some more music on. That's what we're going to do. Sounds good, man. All right, we're going to do a little heavy metal army. This is a Japanese band. I mean, if anybody can find anything about this band on the internet, let me know because I remember them from back in the 80s, but mm. you can't find anything about them anywhere. I mean, nowhere. I mean, you'll get little mentions of them or maybe a video clip, but there's actually no news or anything going on with them anywhere. And they were a really good band that has some funny lyrics. I mean, yeah. some of the st- I mean, I, I, I wish I could print them up and show them to you on here, but mm. it's funny. But I'm going to get a so called That's the Hammurabi in Police. And, you know, it's like that broken English, you know. <laughs> This is the type the of song, who? You know? That's the who? That's the Hammurabian Police. Something on YouTube, but I don't know if it's the same thing. I don't know. That's this one of the songs on the record. It has some funny titles. You know, it's like this when I guess when they try to translate it from Japanese English, the yeah. words don't flow right, and but they just left them that way. So it's you know <laughs> it's some pretty funny stuff. But okay. we're gonna get that on for you right now. So here you go, Heavy Metal Army. <laughs>
that's heavy metal army with that's the Hammurabian police. Yeah, it does have a little bit of that star sound to it. You know, it's a little bit of like old rock and punk mixed together. Yeah. They're pretty good. I found a little something. They said their music is a mix of early heavy metal sound and 70s hard rock. Powerful riffs, melodies, and lots of keys. Uh, lots of keys. I don't know, organs. It sounds a little bit like Juice Priest meets Deep Purple. Uh, only one album called Heavy Metal Army. Later, the vocalist Hirito Arasaki, also known as John Joseph Patterson, Okay. Uh, and so-and-so established, and two or three other guys established Eastern Orbit. You ever hear of them? No, I never heard of them. I mean, I still have the vinyl copy of this record, mm. uh, but I, I never heard of them. But I know, I think it was the guitar player, he went on to play with the band Bow Wow, the other Japanese band right. for a little while. Right, they also they say, say Kaya, Kaya Yaramato of <laughs> Bow Wow played the guitar on the album, but he was the secret. he was listed as secret... Mr. X because of label problems. Okay, I knew I knew one of those guys from uh, from Bow Wow in the band. Yeah, but they good, changed their name. Yeah, and they said that among other several Japanese metal bands that follow members of the Amer uh, heavy metal army sometimes wore Nazi swastikas, armbands and such. They used this imagery for shock value. And there's a mm. picture of the guy standing there with like a, you know, like a German German. Uh, Hat, uh, yeah. you know, uh, leather pants, and it looks yeah. like a red armband. So obviously, All right. it must have raided uh, Lemmy's wardrobe. Pretty I guess, funny. <laughs> <laughs> I guess maybe you know. <laughs> yeah, they were around a long time. I mean, they weren't out playing for a long time. But they came out a long time ago. They were in the scene very early on, you know, especially for Japan. And uh, there was some good stuff there. So I got to get more of that on as we go along. Like but like today uh, we got a, we got the birthday boy in the chat room today. It's Alex's oh, birthday today. Happy birthday, bro! Yeah, 18 years old today. And uh, I, I opened up with Dio for him. Then he requested a merciful face, so I have to get it on. You know? Oh, okay. Because uh, he's here with us every week, Alex. You know, so we got to play what he wants. Even though I played Fate a couple of weeks ago, and I hate repeating bands. You know, for Alex, we'll do that. All right, so let me get this on right away in case Jason calls. I can at least get this on for Alex. So, Alex, happy birthday, buddy. Here's some muscle faith for you.
Here you go, a little merciful faith for our birthday boy with Come to the Sabbath. Uh, don't break the oath. Alex is a big merciful boy. This is like Alex's show so far. We got Dio on. Yeah. We got merciful fate. And uh, do you want to do our calls metal pick of the week next? Okay. All right. Well, our calls metal pick of the week. This looks like Alex is posting on Facebook. Dio, <laughs> merciful fate, and callsmetal.com. Their pick of the week from callmetals.com. The leading source of all New Jersey heavy metal is Cities, another one of Alex's favorite bands. So that's your tune playing this week on CallsMetal.com's website. You can head over there and check it out. Uh, call Pick Fight for Your Life. Cities were a great band. You know, the claim to fame was that A.J. Perro from Twisted Sister was in them, you know, mm-hmm. uh, before he went to Twisted Sister. And they were around for about six years uh, before they released their first record, Annihilation Absolute. So uh, and they kind of disappeared right after that. And you know those guys because, you know, they were a little more regulars and you guys were up there with them all the time. Sure. So uh, this is actually off the EP, which came out before the album. They released an EP, which nobody even knew about, and then the album came out about a year later, and it contained most of the songs that were on the album. So callsmall.com, pick it a week, cities, but fight for your life.
heavymetal.com pick of the week. That's call with the K. The link is right here on the homepage of Heavy Metal Mayhem. That's cities fight for your life. I, I spoke, Ken's in the chat room. He was talking with Sal too, like on Facebook. And I've asked Sal to come on like so many times to talk about cities, but he just doesn't want to you know, talk about cities. And he said that they were getting, some company was re-releasing uh, the album on CD because it never came out on CD. It was like one of the, it was like in the end right before right CDs came cup, out on vinyl. Yeah. And then CDs took off after that. and yeah. So it is out again. I don't know if it was remastered or anything. I think somebody probably just took the album, some company, you know, threw it on CD and put it out. But uh, he's like, I'll call in and I'll guess DJ. And, you know, I'm like, just call in. We'll talk about City. He goes, we'll talk about the old days. I'm like, all right, all right. So we'll get him talking about cities when we get him on. Mm. Yeah. We'll talk about it. He's got a great Iron Man cover band. Uh, they, these guys play all over the place. They put oh, on a good okay, show. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. I've seen them a few times before out here. Really good band. So we'll do that. We got Jason Hobble from Back from Ashes calling in in a little bit. So I don't know if we should uh, play any more music or just wait. I don't know what the hell to do. Only got a couple of minutes, you know? We'll both in a little bit then. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I, don't, I don't know what to get on. You know, if he has a call in a couple of minutes, I'll play a song. We'll just wait a few, you know? We'll see what happens. So maybe I should get a song on that. What'd you have? Six thirty, you told him? Six thirty? Yeah, about six thirty. I don't remember. We we booked this a while ago to be honest with you. Hmm. It was like over a month ago, you know? So I'm hoping yeah. it's six thirty because I uh, gotta get Doug Aldridge on around seven fifteen, seven thirty, so wanna get this going soon. So we'll wait, you know, let me see. Uh it was a, a couple of shows coming up I wanted to announce but I had music to play with it. So maybe we'll hold off on that till uh we get a little bit more time, and I don't want to do the demolition segment because I think the song is like five or six minutes long. Oh, okay. So I don't know, but uh, you know, I was reading in the, uh, I think it was on Blavmouth or BWBK the other day. Uh, Dan Nelson, who used to, you know, sing with Anthrax a real short, yeah. you know, yeah. period of time. He's got some band called Black Gardens. I didn't get a chance to hear the music yet. Uh, it's like supposed to be like the next supergroup. There's an awful lot of supergroups coming out. Have you noticed that yeah. lately? Yeah, yeah. And half of the guys that are in these bands really weren't in any bands that were famous or. I mean, maybe people like us have heard of them, but not like, you're not, you know, yeah. renowned worldwide. And right, this right. band features Dan Nelson, uh, Paul right. Basta, someone from Testament, and Slayer. Paul's been around a long time. He's been around a long time. He's yeah, been, and it's, it's got Uriah time. Duffy, who was played with Whitesnake. As a matter of fact, I think he just left Whitesnake not long ago, mm. uh, before Forevermore came out. We'll find out later on from uh, from Doug Aldridge. But, uh, and I don't remember who the other guy in the band is. But then you got, uh, Vinnie Appice has got a band called, I think, Kill Devil Hill or something. Yeah. With, uh, I think Rex Brown is oh, in the band, right. and yeah. uh, they're not really. I mean, do you consider these bands supergroups? No, I wouldn't say supergroups, but I would just say, uh, you know, uh, <clears throat> B artist groups. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. I, uh, I agree. You know, like uh, collaboratives. You know, uh, rock and roll collaboratives. You know, metalhead collaboratives. You're going to have to come up with a catchphrase or something for that because I don't consider them, you know, like Chicken Foot, I would consider a super group. I mean, you got Sammy Hagar, Michael Anthony. Right, right, yeah. You know, it, I, it's not, I would, you know, it, it's a super group, but it's, I, mean, I know what you're saying. It's more, it's more, even that I wouldn't consider a super group. If it was like Joe Satriani, well, Sammy Hagar is kind of super, you know, I guess you're right. I, I, I would need a, well, yeah, yeah. I mean, right. who do you I mean, who do you classify as like, yeah, you know, like top, I mean, if if you're headlining, in, if you're an arena rap, you're headlining in an arena, right? I, and you've done it for years. I mean, you know, you're you're like one of the A-listers, yeah, like you like you're, to say. You're 100 percent right. I mean, I mean, you're 100 percent right. Satriani is not really a superstar guitar player, but he's very, very well, very respected. well known. 
I mean, he can't play the garden himself, but, you know, he could definitely do, like, three or four nights in a smaller venue. Yeah, yeah. So, and Sammy Hagar on his own, you know, I, I can understand what you're saying. You're 100% right, because, you know, I, I forgot the guy who was in Red Hot. Wow, I can't believe I'm 100% right. I've been waiting to hear that from my wife for, like, 20-something years now. Well, forget about it. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. At least, you know, even if I got, like, a half of that in the bedroom one time, I wouldn't feel so bad. But Oh, you're no. 50% good. <laughs> <laughs> I give it the best oh, no, 35 and a half seconds she'll ever have. But to say like a super group in the metal sense would I know. be, you know, would be like, uh, you know, Phil and Salmo, uh, you know, one of the guys from Slayer. I you agree. Know, you, know, a drum, you know, a drummer from, you I know. know. No, I, I agree. It's 100%. T, hold on yeah. a second. I think I have Jason on the line. Oh, great. great. Let me connect and we see. We bullshitted long enough. <laughs> hey, Jason, you there? I am, man. What's happening? Hey, man. How's everything going? Good, good, good. Talking right, about I'm super glad. groups, huh? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we were just talking about that because you hear more and more about all these, you know, band members from different bands getting together. And I know it's not themselves doing it. You know, it's the PR people. You know, they're a super group, but, it's you know, not everybody could be in a super group. Right. Most super groups fail. <laughs> they they really do. They're like, you know, they, they get this big burst of energy and then you, know, you never hear from them again. But talking about super groups, you know, hey, back from ashes, right? Nah. <laughs> Come on well, now. No, you, you, you said that, not me. <laughs> That's, hey, yeah, you guys deserve it. You put your time in. <laughs> no, thank you, man. Thank you. Uh, I'm glad. So how's everything going with the band right now? Oh, fucking great, man. Can't complain. Definitely can't complain. You know, a lot of a lot of good stuff happening. and You know, just in, just trying to ride the wave, have, have fun, and, you know, all that good stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all you can do, man. But you guys got your third album out now. I mean, it's been out a little while. It's the first time we're talking about it. Two six one. I had this whole thing come about with the title. I'm dying to know where the title comes from, what it means. Yeah, the um, you know we're just trying to be a little clever, and uh, basically, you know, everything we do kind of ties in together um, within itself. You know, back from ashes. We're from Phoenix. Um, the Phoenix is you know a Greek mythology, so the album cover is the Parthenon in Greece. Um, kind of signifying, you know, the phoenix and the rising, and you know, back from ashes as a whole. And the the name of the album 261 is nothing more than a numeric alphanumeric code for back from ashes. Two is B, six is F, and A is one. BFA. Yeah, I just got that. I feel stupid now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that that's really good, man. And I have noticed with the new record, the songwriting by the band has matured like tenfold. I mean. The songs are more complex. There's a lot more softer music mixed in with more intense music. I mean, is this the path the band's been taking over the years? Yeah, absolutely, man. You know, we're just, uh, I think, you know, we're just all kind of growing as, as musicians and, and growing um, as a band altogether. It's one of those things, you know, you start playing together for a while and, and you just start to, you know, realize that, hey, maybe some of your earlier stuff was a little, um, a little infantile, you know, <laughs> and you just start to, you know, you just start to grow and 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 do things just uh you know to try to to better than than the last song. And yeah. you know for us it's it's one of those things man where you know our our songs have to be our our worst song has to be as good as our best song from our last album, you know. Yeah, that, that's a great way of putting it and I mean you do if people that follow you they do they will hear the difference. Not that the other songs like I said were infantile to us, but it's just the band maturing as they go along and you know, when you guys first got together, were you friends before all of this happened with the band, or did you just come together for the band? Um, 
well, say that again. I'm not sure I quite caught the question. Well, like before, you know, like when the band first started, were you guys friends, you know, before you started the band, oh, or friends. is the band what brought you guys together? <laughs> no, the band's what brought us together. Um, okay. Yeah, none of us, yeah, none of us were friends prior or anything like that. We just uh, stumbled upon each other, and you know, back from ashes is born. We're all great friends now. <laughs> we, yeah, we have definitely. To be, we, spend, we spend too much damn time together. <laughs> yeah. That's got to be. Yeah, I'm sure I can imagine. Is it rough being on a bus with all those other guys? Oh God, no, man. Love it. Wouldn't have it any other way. <laughs> I mean, oh, I'm glad. I, I I would uh you know I'd ask that uh, you know some of them watch what they eat, but you know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I could I could only imagine. And <laughs> <laughs> hey, you guys are based out of Arizona. You haven't really yes, made sir. it over to the East Coast yet. You've concentrated mostly in the mid and, and, and the West. Do you guys have any plans on trying to work your way down this way? I would love to, man. It's just, you know, it's, it's, it's a matter of, uh, financials, you know, it's, it's yeah. not cheap to get out to the East coast and, and, you know, gas prices of what they are and I know. You know, so on and so on. And, uh, it's, 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 it's pricey, man. <laughs> Getting I on know. the road is not, not cheap. That's for sure. It's true. It's true. And you know, it is like years ago, you would have the backing of a record company. Most bands today, including yourself, you're, you're independent. You do things on your own. And and, yep. and and it's not easy to put together this type of tour. And today, most of these venues, everything's like the pay for play. You know, you got to buy your tickets and pay to get on a tour. It, it's got to be difficult, you know, to try to like, um, further yourselves when you have to, you know, really do it on your own. Oh, you're absolutely right, man. And uh, you know, economy is economy is the economy. Music never dies. Um, but what does die is the pay. <laughs> you know, yeah. like, like where you know. People are still making music. We're just not getting paid as much as we like to, you know. I know. As we, you know, it would be great to get out and and do a full, you know, full blown tour and things like that. And you know, it's just, uh, you know, you got to be a little smarter about it and you know, be a little more, um, you know, you just got you got to plan things out. And if they don't make sense, they don't make sense, you know, when you're going on the road. And you know, I, people talk about rock stars, this and that. Yeah, those guys, you know, were rock stars that have money were guys that were doing it 20 years ago. Yeah. You know, that these days it's not, uh, it ain't like that. (laughs) Yeah, the industry kind of like, you know, hurt everybody. You know, the downloading, you know, bands had to go out and play live, you know, to make money because the downloading kind of took away the money from the record end of of the business. Now it's getting oh, yeah. harder to play live because they want you to pay to play and the traveling and there's no support. It's really rough. I mean, I give you guys credit for, for not giving up and, and to keep going. You know, just waiting for that break to come. And I'm hoping that it does one day for you guys because you really deserve it. You put out a good quality product and the music is top notch. I uh, appreciate that, brother. Definitely appreciate that. You know, we do it for the love of it and uh, and yeah, it would be it would, it would be great to get the big big break. But you know, what is a big break these days though? You know. There's a you know big break five grand for tour support you know or yeah you know it's 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 not like I said it's not what it used to be so um yeah and, and yeah you know, trying to you know people aren't going to shows like they used to either you know and uh, you know attendance overall is is down I think industry wide um, you know it's harder harder than ever to to sell a gold record anymore. You know, and that's just sure. gold. <laughs> you, know? you know, you're you're right. I mean, you know, I remember, you know, when I was a kid, I would there were, there were no CDs, was, everything was on vinyl record. I said, now nah, it'll never be a day when there won't be vinyl. CDs killed that. Now the digital is killing the CDs. I mean, cars don't even come with cassette decks in them anymore. <laughs> you know. Yeah, I know, right. <laughs> 
I can't even find a car. I, my old car has a cassette deck in it. <laughs> I was like, where are you going with those handful of cassettes? You know, <laughs> I'm going to work. You know, you listed them in the car. They don't even have them anymore. Right, right. Yeah, it's incredible. True, but yeah, I know as a band, you probably just want to sell. It doesn't matter how you sell. You want people to hear your music. But is there anything that you right. miss about like that whole having like the whole package compared to just a digital download? You know, to be honest with you, <clears throat> I miss everything about it, and I'll tell you yeah. why. There was nothing more exciting than opening up an album and seeing if there were lyrics in it or, you know, who these people think and, you know, the pictures and stuff like that. It was like it was an experience to buy an album. Yeah. Um, You know, nowadays everything's at your fingertips on the, you know, on the Internet, and which is cool because you you could definitely hit a wider audience that I think you would, you know, which was tougher to do back in the day. But, you know, that excitement is gone. You know, it's like everything's iPad or iPhone or, you know, it's just so, it's so accessible. It almost takes the thrill out of it, you know. It does. I, I agree with you 100%. You download it on the internet, you put it in your iPod, you forget about it. But when you had it and you were able to hold on to it, it, it felt like something. It felt like it meant something because, you know, it was like, it was like you know, it was a whole package, like you said. And you, that's what's yep. missing with the downloads. And the kids today, that's something that they'll never understand because they'll never experience that. Right, right, you know. Listen to us, man, sound like we're 90. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. You, you get a little nostalgic here. And, and, you know, what's great about Back to Mash is that you guys bring everything that's always been good about rock and metal from the past, and you're merging and melding into everything that's good about it today. And you guys have a, a really good mix of old and new. Is that something that, you, you know, you constantly try to do, or just from your upbringing plus the music you hear today? You know, it's it's funny you ask that. It, it's it's really you just answered the question right there. You know, it's it's everything. It's it's what we grew up on listening to. You know, and we were all fans of you know, like Testament and Metallica and you know bands like that from back in the day. And um, you know, you you're that stuff's ingrained in your mind. Um, you know, you don't try to write like it, of course. Um, but you know, there's definitely influences there. So, and then you've got the music today, you know, like the, all the remains and the seven dust and, and bands like that, that are, you know, just fantastic. And, you know, you end up becoming a product of what you're surrounded by. And, um, luckily, you know, we've been surrounded by good music. So, <laughs> you know, yeah, thank God. It, yeah. Right. And, uh, it's, it's definitely not an intentional thing. Um, it's just how it comes out of us. You know, it's just a little bit of this, a little bit of that. And, uh, you know, I think it's what kind of makes us a little unique in the sense that there is some nostalgia there um, with the new elements, you know, that uh, that we hear today. Yeah. So. That's great. You guys have a, you guys are playing at the, at the Bayou Festival coming up soon. You got a guy. I think Stain is on the bill, right? Um, actually, Rev Theory and Saliva. Oh, Saliva. I'm sorry, Saliva. Were you playing with Taproot too somewhere? Yep, playing with Taproot in, in about a week. Oh, um, out here in, yep, yep, and uh, playing with them out here in Phoenix. And then we hit the road uh, and go over to Houston and do the uh, Bayou Fest with Saliva and Ref there. That'll be a blast. And then uh, we've got quite a few dates coming up out in, like, Vegas and L.A., San Diego, Albuquerque, and Colorado, and all, all the good stuff, you know, out, uh, out in our area That's that's – just a little bit more affordable to reach. <laughs> sure, yeah, within driving distance for you, you know, to get around at least. But is there enough there to sustain you to keep you guys, you know, active? Oh yeah, you know, absolutely, man. We, um, you know, we, we we do what we can with what we have, and um, you know, we never 
we never if we if we don't make it with you know at a show or something you know we we, we find money <laughs> somehow or high water you know like there's always a way you know to get, you. get something done there's no excuses you know for for us anyway you know we uh we make it a point that you know we're putting stuff out there for people to to listen to it better be top notch or uh you know don't even try that's the way to do it. You know, I, I see you guys always advertise that you're playing at Joe's Grotto. And to, I mm-hmm. mean, I feel like I know the place. I mean, I'm trying to get out there just to see the place. It's awesome, man. You know, that's our that's kind of our home. You know, it's like our C, CBGBs, you know, or our whiskey. Yeah, and, yeah. And it's uh, it's just a cool place. And the owners are, are great. The owner, Joe, is great. And it's funny, his name is Joe Grotto. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was thinking of yeah. Grotto, like, you know, some, okay. Yeah, I know. What a trip, right? And uh, yeah. or he legally changed his name. He's not telling anyone. But uh, <laughs> but they treat us really well there. They have an amazing sound system, a great stage. Um, you know, we're playing there with Taproot, and it's just uh, it's a cool place, man. It's it's by far one of the most my favorite places to play um, in anywhere I've played. It's just a cool cool vibe. Ah, uh, excellent, man. And I, I know you, you you worked with Ryan Green before in the past. Was Ryan involved mm-hmm. in the two six one album? Absolutely was. Um, yeah, it's uh, you know it's his and, and our brainchild basically. The um, Ryan uh, is you know phenomenal producer. He's done so many different things, which is what really kind of led us to him was the fact that he wasn't a cookie cutter producer. You know where you know what you're getting. You know, before you do it, he kind of well, he basically did redefine the punk scene in SoCal. Yeah. And uh, you know, he did all those uh, Fat Record albums, and you know, worked for BMI, Sony, and you know, did tons of stuff like Wilson Phillips and Gladys Knight, Patti LaBelle to you know, MXPX and you know, shit like that. So yeah, it was it was. Um, it was that that turned us on because, you know, it's one thing if you're a metal band to go to a metal producer and then you're going to sound just like a metal band, but we wanted something, you know, that kind of captured what we were and we don't find, uh, you know, we don't feel like we're a typical metal band. You know, we got rock and we got metal and we got some industrial and we kind of blend it all together. And, you know, a lot of that had to do with him sitting down and working with us and really kind of redefining what we were going for and and saying, Hey, you know, this is what makes you shine right here. And we're like, well, shit, yeah, we, we need to do more of that thing. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. Right. Yeah. Is it hard as a band? Cause you know, you, you write the music, you play it the way you want it. Then you go into a studio and you'll have somebody mm-hmm. saying, let's change this. Let's tweak that. Is that something that's hard to get over? Like having somebody else kind of direct the sound that you came up with, even though, you know, in the end it'll probably be a better product, but, is it hard to kind of give up that little bit of control? You know, at first, um, I think it's all about really just knowing what you're doing, you know, what, what, you're, what you're getting into. The reason we chose a producer is because we knew that although we feel we write great songs, it doesn't necessarily – I mean, musicians, historically, are like terrible judges of their own music. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean, uh, you see it all the time where – you know, bands, you know, big bands will go in and they're going to do an album for themselves kind of deal. And the fucking thing doesn't sell shit. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it happens, yeah. 
you know, because it's just like, okay, obviously, you know, your music is the way it is for a reason because it's working. And then you go in and you kind of do your own little thing and, you know, just a lot of times that fails. So we knew going in that this is what we wanted. We wanted to be able to say, hey, here's what we are. Now make us make us rock stars. You know, make us make us what we think we can do, not you know, and make it a reality. Whereas if we hadn't done that, I, the album would have been very very different. Um, I've got actual re- recordings of the songs on that album prior to the tweaks that were done. You know, from a producer's perspective. Yeah. And it's amazing the difference. You know, like holy cow! I don't want to say we suck, but Jesus, you know that. Yeah, you could totally, you know, it's just about letting go, though. Because some of the ideas you look at and go, are you sure about that? And then they'll take it out in the hall and we see see these platinum records right here. All right, let's get back to work. (laughs) Oh, okay. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it's like that Saturday Night Live skit. I just put my pants on one leg at a time. Yeah, it kind of drives the point home. Yeah, I can imagine. Well, he 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 is a great producer, and he's worked with Megadeth, like you said, and Rita Frank, and he, mm-hmm. he has a good mix behind them, which he you know can bring with him from all different genres into your music. And I think he's done a fantastic job on the record. Yeah, he, he did a great great job, and that, like I said, that's why we chose him. You know, and he chose us too. You know, it was a, it was a kind of a marriage deal. You know, basically, we we just didn't want the same product that everybody gets. You know, we wanted yeah. something that was going to define us and he gave that to us so I definitely think he did. You know, Jason, before I let you go, I'm gonna get on a song. I'm gonna get on truth because I love that song, so I'm gonna play that one. Cool. I, I can't I can't thank you enough for taking out the time to call in today and I wanna thank Yvonne for, for setting us up. She's a good person. She works real hard for you guys. Yes she does. <laughs> she is the number one publicist in my mind, man. She's great. Definitely. So definitely. yeah, thank you so much for having us, man. Definitely anytime anytime Jason. Thank you very much, man. The best of luck. And where can everybody guys find you on the internet? Uh, Backfromashes.com, baby. That's all we got. All right, sounds good. Thank you very much, Jason. Take care, buddy. All right, you too, bud. Thank you. All right, that was Jason from Back From Ashes. How about we get something on off the 261 record? This is all called Truth.
right, that was Avatar, later on to be known as Sabotage. You know, the band started in 1978. It's hard to believe that they came around that early, or just maybe I'm getting a lot older. <laughs> I feel it now. But uh, that comes off the 1983 EP, City Beneath the Surface. Most of those songs appeared on, on you know, Sabotage's latest stuff. Uh, Sirens was on there, and The Whip. Uh, some really good stuff. Uh, I know they had a, there was like a big legal thing going on. There was another band called Avatar. And those guys are actually still together today. So I guess it was a good thing they did change their sabotage because it would have had a lot of problems. But some good stuff. That I picked it up in a used bin in a, in a record store in Brooklyn back in 1984. And I'm glad I have that. I also have the, the live EP they did in a parking lot for a mall or a shopping center somewhere. I got to go dig that up. I'm not sure where it is. All right. Well, we got Doug Aldrich coming up in a little while. I'm going to get some more music on. If I knew Reese was going to be here today, I would have had some new wave of British heavy metal for her, but I, I don't. Actually, you know what I do, but it's brand new. Uh, Reese, I'm going to get on the band Assassin for you. Uh, they were an old band from back in the day, but this comes off their brand new record. Uh, I don't know if it came out yet. I think it comes out this week. There's a song called Judas. Oh, 
surprised that was a Sass. I wanted to play the one from England for Reese, but I just saw a Sass and I clicked. I didn't pay attention to which one I, I clicked, but that's one from Germany. And I know you guys are talking about the guitar player joined Sodom. That was Mika, uh, Michael Hoffman. He joined uh, Sodom and he played with them for a little while. So that's the connection right there. But that comes off their brand new record from 2011, Breaking the Silence. Some really good stuff there. Reese, next week I'll have on some new wave of British heavy metal for you. And I'll go way back to the old days and get something rare that probably only you would know. All right, so we're going to keep the music going right here. How about we do our demolition segment? We get that out of the way before I forget. Uh, it's a band called Viper. They're out of Brazil. They were a bunch of young kids when they started this band in the, I think it was around 82, 83. They were probably in the early to late teens. Uh, I don't think any of them was over 18 when they recorded this demo tape. And right now it's available at the Heavy Metal Mayhem Blocks, but uh, you can go download yourself a copy of it. I wanted to get them on when I did the Worldwide Metal uh, Brazil show, but I just forgot. I had too many bands to get on. So here you go, playing it today. Go download yourself a copy. Signs of the Night.
All right, how about we do one more song, and then we'll get in touch with Doug Aldrich and get that interview going. Uh, some good friends of the show, Skullhammer. they got a show coming up here in New York on May 21st at the Loft in Poughkeepsie, New York. I'm going to try to make it up there. It's a couple hours away from here, but I would like to go see those guys. I missed them the last time they stopped by New York. Uh, they're on a bill with a lot of great bands, and I've had almost every one of them on the show. Uh, Blood Feast, uh, Candy Stripe, a Death Orgy, Apathy, Lynch King. Uh, I believe Combat is the other band on the bill, along with Skullhammer. I think it's like $10 to get in if you buy the tickets in advance, $12 a day of. Uh, it's not far from the chance up in Poughkeepsie, from what I know. It's called The Loft. I'll have more as we go along. If you're in that area, go and check them out. Skullhammer is a great band. Uh, so I'm going to get a song on by the band, and uh, let me see what I can pick it for you. I got the whole album. Uh, the Paid and Blood album just came out not long ago. So how about we get on Balls to the Bone? Here you go.
I'm pushing back like I've never known before. You know you want a crazy child. I just want to see you on the floor. Want a superstitious woman. She got a superstitious mind.
Mike. Hey, how are you, Doug? It's great to talk to you. Good, good to talk to you too, man. Am I on the air already? Yes, you are. That's awesome. So <laughs> right. it was, that was the quickest hold time I ever had. Yeah, I saw it. I got you right on. I have perfect timing today. Thanks, man. So yeah, I was a little, a few minutes late, but I, I'm uh, happy to be here, and I appreciate your time to talk to me. Uh, I really appreciate you taking out the time to talk to me, and everybody's dying to hear the new White Snake record. It's been a couple of years since the last studio album. It's got to be excited to have something new out there again. Yeah, we had a, we had a really good time making it, and um, it, it's uh, it's onwards and forwards. You know, it's, it's, uh, we picked up right where we left off with the last record, and um, I think it'll it'll go. It's going to add really nicely to the the collection of White Snake tunes. I think. I, I agree with you. I mean, I haven't stopped playing it since I got a copy of it, and uh, I know this whole month is coming out of different parts of the country and around the world. So everybody's yep. going to have it within the next week or so, and. It's got it's got to make you feel good. I mean, do you still have that feeling like of excitement when it comes out? Because you probably spent months and months working on it a long time ago, so you've kind of grown <laughs> accustomed to it all. So you still get that feeling like like 25 years ago when the first record came out. Yeah, well, yeah, absolutely. And anytime you work on something that hard, you you know you got high hopes for it. We we like I said, we had a great time doing it, but we also put a lot into it, um, and uh, we were really inspired by the the songs we were we were coming up with and the performances everybody put and David just kills on the thing and we got um some new guys that that added a huge thing but yeah it's it's uh you you want it it's interesting that you said that cuz you know we put actually almost a year into that from wow. writing we spent a lot of time writing and and uh doing demos and doing pre-production and then we started recording and we knocked it out pretty quick in the studio, but then we had to mix, and there, we've done a lot of different um, different edits. I mean, as far as, like, we've done an acoustic edit, or it's not an edit, so let's say it's a, a remix, but yeah. it's more acoustic or something, or we've done a, a, you know, a gunslinger mix of something else that sounds a little different. So there was a lot of time spent on it, and it's it's amazing that it comes out, and, and, it's, and it's just, it's out there, it's done, you know, after all that time, it's... It's out there. It's it's a lot of pressure. Oh, I can imagine. And, you know, like David heard his voice a couple of years back. You would never know by hearing this album. He recuperated tremendously. I think he sounds... I mean, he's always been one of, you know, the top ten metal singers and rock singers in the world, and he just shows it now after all these years that he's still got the chops. He does. He's For me, he's the best rock singer in the world. He's the best yeah. heavy blues... You know, he's that blues rock thing. There's nobody better. And uh, he he's... his. You're absolutely right. His voice was actually healed... And I'm not just telling you this, but it was it was not that big a deal in the that it was because it was healed after about a month. He oh, okay. He could have done some real damage at that time had he kept going, but he um, he stopped when he needed to, and he was ready to tour after like you know a little a short rest. But his voice, you know, his voice is um, it still sounds like you know there's no there's no gimmick gimmicks or tricks in the studio i mean it, that's what it sounds like in fact it sounds better than that the trick is the is the only trick is to capture his voice on tape you know to make it to to uh with a microphone to make it sound as good as it does when you're hearing it with your live ear it, it's true i mean I, i've seen i've seen white snake live probably a dozen times in the last 25 30 years and you he does sound better live than on record which is true and what I found funny is that Joel Turner had made a comment a couple of years back about him using a voice machine, which I found 
just I couldn't believe that. I still don't believe it. And you're no. up there on stage with him every night. Nobody would know better than you. And I don't see that happening. That was the kind of talent he has in his voice. No, no, no. That was that's ridiculous. I don't know. Um, I don't know. I mean, Joe's a friend. I don't know why he would say something ridiculous like that. But I mean, um, there are situations where you use uh, delay. You know, if the just like on guitar when I when you're when you're doing a guitar solo um, that. Uh, you know, you want to have a little delay on there to give it a little ambience. You know, it, yeah. it sounds cool, and and um, sometimes they put it on vocals too. You know, to to and and I mean, guys like Jolene Turner use it too. So I don't know what he. I, maybe that was a mistake or something. Cause I, it took a lot of people by surprise when they heard that, especially coming from Joe, because he said it before that he uses stuff himself live. I mean, you know, so that was really a shock have, to hear that. No, no, no. We we have never ever ever used anything other than our real voices and um you know david's he's got a lot of pride i mean he he wouldn't he would just prefer not to to if he ever if it was ever that kind of situation he'd prefer not to do a show yeah that's the thing that's that's the thing that i really dig about dc so much is that he put he really puts his heart into it and he did not want to cancel it was like a week of shows that we canceled because his voice went out he did not want to cancel, but he, you know the doctor said you got to. Yeah. And uh, so I'm glad he did, and he, we wrote some new songs, and he sang his ass off, and you can hear what he sounds like. And I'm, when I say when I'm saying live, like he sounds better live, but I mean live in when you're sitting in the room and David's singing. Oh, I can imagine. You hear what he's singing; it, it sounds huge. When you put a microphone in front of anything, it's just as you know, it's kind of grabbing just a part of that sound. It's not the full the full range but when we're playing live shows david's working the crowd man he's he's all over the place we're all i mean everybody makes a, you know i might make, hit a couple of bummer notes or something or somebody hits a wrong chord or whatever it just because you're it's part of the show but that's what makes it exciting exactly that's what a live performance is i mean you know it happens on broadway it happens on everywhere and that's, so that's what makes live want, right? yeah. I, I, When I go see it, man, I love it when I see the band do different things, or even if somebody makes a mistake, I, I love that. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, Iron Maiden released a lot of live records, and they leave all their little flubs in there. Uh, the, the bum notes, the missed vocal, they leave it all in there because they say this is what we sound like live, and that's what people want to hear. That's what a live record is about. That is true. That, that yeah. is, that's, that's a cool thing. And it's great. You've been with the band for over a decade now, almost going on a decade. Is is it hard stepping into a band that already has a predefined sound, especially with somebody like you who has you know their own technique and style, and you've shown it through your solo albums and all the other bands you've had? Is it difficult adapting to like writing into that band's? You know, why they have a very distinctive sound? I think my I guess my influences are are in line with. Well, I was in. I mean, I've been a fan of David's. Um, since I was a kid, I was trying to learn how to play Mistreated when I was whatever, 13 or 14, yeah. 15, something. And um, I, my influences are a lot of European guitar players, British guitar players especially. And um, and then later, I, you know, well, obviously guys like Hendrix, I was influenced. I love him. Everybody was influenced by Hendrix. Yeah. But um, the influences um, kind of led me to um being in a, in a band that that was kind of white snake-esque in the 80s it was a band called lion yeah and, uh, great band the singer was uh scottish and he cal was swan huge, yeah cal was yeah. a huge fan of david's and 
Whitesnake. And I, when I met Cal, um, I, he he had a a bunch of um, older Whitesnake stuff that hadn't been released in the U.S. And I I really liked, I really enjoyed that stuff. And and uh, that was actually, you know, very influential for that band. So when I got the opportunity to work with David, it was it was just kind of pretty. Um, seamless transition but I also need to throw a shout out to uh, you know I wouldn't be in Whitesnake if it wasn't for for the opportunity that Ronnie Dio gave me and he he really uh, he really you know looked after me and took me out and got my name out there and David noticed it and uh, there it is yeah, I know it's a it's a great thing, and you know you, you're talking about Dio. I just saw today that they're re-releasing Killing the Dragon again on a on a on a picture disc on a vinyl, on, on a vinyl picture disc. It's just coming out, I guess, this week or something. They have some kind of big promotion going on today on the internet. Yeah, yeah, I I heard about it. I um, I'm not involved in that thing at all, but uh, but I heard about it. I hope it, I hope it's, it sounds like a cool thing, and uh, they also are. Uh, they're doing uh, Dio Disciples. I, I hear. I read something about them putting, uh, you know, putting together some of the members of Dio band, and then with Ripper Owens and Toby Jefferson, and um, they're going to go out and do some some shows. And I think, you know, it's kind of a that's kind of a uh, a touchy subject because nobody's ever going to fill Ronnie's shoes, as yeah. as you know. Yeah, you know, Ronnie's the king of heavy metal. He's the greatest heavy metal singer for me without a doubt and um but i think it's cool that they're going out there and they're going to fly the flag for ronnie's music you know and, and wendy's basically whatever wendy dio is behind i'm behind because she is she is a she was great to me and she's been really great to some friends of mine too that uh i, I appreciate so whatever she's doing i support it yeah she's working to keep the legacy alive you know and uh Anything you get a, that brings you back the memories of Ronnie is, is always a good thing, and like you said, it, it's hard because it, it's not even that old either. So it's it's going to be rough for a lot of people. But it's like anything else, you know, you can't just let the stuff die. It's there for everybody to hear. So you may as well get it out there one way or the other and let absolutely. people enjoy it because you know that's what it's about. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, no one's there's no there's no replacing anybody. There's nothing. You know, it's basically it's a, it's true. It's a tribute to the man. You know, is really yeah. what it. What it comes down to, I would definitely, um, if I'm around, I would definitely go and see those guys play. I'd buy a ticket. Yeah, let's see what they do. Maybe they'll get out there and start making something happen. But yeah, cool. I, I go back with you. I'm sorry, I'm going to cut you off. That's cool, no problem. I was just saying those guys, and they, you know, those singers are both great in their own right. I mean, Rippers, he's a badass man. So he sure is. Uh, <laughs> he, it, it'll be cool. And will you work with Rip on his on his uh, last record, Play My Game, his solo record? So you got a chance to get into the studio with him, or did you record it separately? We we actually did record it separately, but he he uh, I sent him um, the the tapes and he he approved it and he was like, yeah, it sounds cool. So it was good. It was you know it was, it was a, a fun opportunity and actually uh, Wendy was the one that that put us together on that. She, See, she, it's, it's always great to have one contact because <laughs> it really gets you around. Yeah, that's what that's what you know. She's she was really she's been helpful to to Ripper, and um, and they 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 work together. So there's that relationship. But she said, uh, you know, why don't you do this? Could you could you do this? And uh, I said, I'd love to do it. Are you kidding? So we knocked it out, and uh, I was glad to be a part of it. 
That's great. You know, I, I've been with you since the Lion days, going back to the Power Love record in like 85, 86. <laughs> I, I just followed because, you know, was, I was a fan of Cal uh, uh, Swan was in a band called Titan back then, before yep. that. So, like, when I heard he was forming the band Lion, I, you know, I just went and followed that band, and you came into the out. And I've just been with you since then with the Bad Moon Rising, Burning Rain, you know, through Dio to White Snake. And I couldn't even name the amount of albums that you've played on and contributed to. It's like. You have to have been the busiest man in, in, in rock and roll in the last 25 years. Well, I, I've been, I'll tell you what, since I joined Whitesnake, I've been, well, actually, Dio, too, has been, uh, I was very super busy with both of those things, but especially with Whitesnake. I mean, it's like people ask me about, you know, would you ever consider doing uh, some more solo stuff? And I'm like, I would love to, but it's just really, it's full time. You know, I mean, yeah. it, it really is at this point. I mean, um, who knows, we're going to be on the road now for the next couple of years, but, but maybe after that, or maybe if there's a break or something, I could do some stuff. But, uh, but yeah, Titan you were talking about, that was, uh, that was Cal Swan. It, yeah. th- this band was the new, this was one of the new wave of British heavy metal bands with like Angel yep. Witch and all these bands. And the uh, Cal was the singer, and the drummer was Simon Wright, who yep. plays, played with Dio, or ACDC. Yeah. So uh, it was a small world, you know? Yeah, it comes around, you know? <laughs> That's a good thing. But uh, I know, because it's been about 10 years since Alter Ego came out, so I was hoping for something in between. But like I said, I know you're busy with everything else, but when you do ever get around to it one day, you think you're going to go with a full band instrumental again? I don't know. I mean, I've got I've got some stuff that's written for Burning Rain that, that we just haven't had a chance to get recorded. That would be cool, because Keith St. John is a great singer, and it would be fun to do. And uh, I do have some solo stuff that I use for, uh, well, actually, um, I had done some, you know, kind of master classes in store, in stores, at music stores, and I, I, I had some stuff that I had whipped together to play on top of um, that is pretty cool instrumental stuff. But once again, I mean, really, my, my time at this point is, is 100% Whitesnake. So if I got a break, I would, I would love to do both. Uh, that would be nice to hear that. So what do you have planned with White Snake this year? Are you going to be out on a tour, or are you going to hit some of the festivals coming up in the summer? Because that's a big thing these days. Yeah, we're, we're, we're just off right now doing promo um, for this next for the next week or so. And um, I'm going to take one little trip over to Europe to uh, I'm going to go to there's a trade show, a music trade show called Music Messe in, in Germany. And so I'm going to go stop over there and do, do some stuff with Marshall amplification and then uh we then we i come home we get back we start in rehearsal and that's it man we're pretty much gone after that we're gonna start with three weeks in the u.s and uh and then we're doing six weeks in europe straight after that and then we come back in the u.s again and goes on and on and on all the way to the end of the year but um for the people listening check it out on david's site on on uh his site web um whitesnake.com and uh, there's tour dates on there so people can check it out yeah it's the well, best way hey you've been working with Red Beach now for quite a while in the band how is it is it get competitive between the two of you because you're like both top notch guitarists or is it a good competition it's awesome man I, I, I love working with Reb it's, it started off in the beginning when we didn't know each other that we were both trying to be polite but there was competition and it, it you know it, it always it always can get when you got two guys that are that are you know it's like the, the wild west <laughs> the the, uh, the gun the uh, gunslingers you know we're yeah. constantly 
but uh, it was it was it was a good thing, obviously, because we've worked really well together. And then, um, as time has gone on, we've you know we've done a, we've spent a lot of time together. We've played a lot of shows together, and there's a mutual respect that um, is good. We both do things differently, but th- together, the two of us, uh, it sounds better than than it would be if it was just either one of us. That's a great way of saying it. Yeah, it elevates both of you to a different level. Uh, yeah, I mean, well, well, like the way he plays. I mean, in the beginning, he he probably wanted to play. He wanted to play things his way. I wanted to play things my way, and um, you know, there was a little bit of a struggle sometimes, maybe, but it was it was part of the process. And now I really, I, I mean, I look forward to how how's Reb going to play this part. I'm going to do it this way. He's going to yeah. do it his way. And we don't even have to talk about it. It just sounds cool when when we're both doing it our own our own way. We, it, we've got to the point where it works, and um, I know how to 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 do things that help uh, against what he's doing, which is helping me. Yeah, I know exactly what you're saying, and and it does show in, in your playing, especially for people that go to see you live. You get the feeling right there. And one thing about playing live is that White Snake has always been one of those bands that have been able to play with pretty much anybody and fit in. That you guys can go out and play with Ozzy and Judas Priest, and then the next day play with Journey and Def Leppard, and and you fit no matter where you play. That's got to be a testament to the quality of the music that you guys have written over the years. Yeah, I mean, I I hope so. I think we I think a number of reasons because we can kind of maybe um, because there's such a, a large amount of tunes that you can kind of. Uh, just set so that it um, fits with, uh, you know, if you're playing, uh, we, we've done a lot of work with with Priest, as you say, and you know those guys are they're 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 freaking amazing. So yeah, we we might pump up uh, a little bit more of the heavier stuff for for that set, but still it's it's funny because um, it's just when it, when you come when it comes down to tunes, like even sometimes we'll be uh, we'll be in Europe and there'll be a bunch of bikers in the audience or something we're playing is this love and i'm kind of like oh man what's this going to be like <laughs> and those guys dig it too you know it's like they just it's a good tune so do you enjoy playing the older stuff the more bluesier stuff compared to the, the stuff in the 80s when you have to go outside of your catalog with the band well i i, I like all of it i mean there's there's i really when uh the early white snake has a really unique sound and a lot and that's thanks to uh David taking some chances, I think, because he he could have probably just done a a Deep Purple style band straight up, but he kind of he he kind of pushed the envelope and got something got something new, and so I really love playing uh, some of that early stuff. But um, um, it's all good, man. There, there's I I think probably aside from from the newer stuff that we've been playing and the stuff in the 80s, I really love uh, I love uh, slow and easy. And uh, yeah. we're talking about maybe breaking that one out this year because uh, uh, Brian Tishy loves that track. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you got to get it in there. You know, you've been in the business a long time now. I mean, how do you look at it today on the business end compared to like in the '80s? It's like a roller coaster this business, and right now there's a lot of you know ups and downs in the last few years with the internet and downloads and and everything else. Do you think it's better today or worse, that the bands have maybe more freedom than they used to have where the record companies control everything or losing the record company's power, you know, does it offset it? it yeah, it does. It, it, it does offset it because there's, there's more opportunities with the technology, with, the, with uh, being online. And it kind of, I mean, in different ways it's better. In, in, in some ways it's, it's not as good. 
and you, you look at uh, you know the the amount of records that people sell these days is maybe a little bit less than they used to, but I mean the music's still getting out there on the internet or whatever. And then uh, I think back at that in the '80s and '70s and stuff, you'd put out a record and you'd go on tour to support the record, and now the record in some ways is kind of helps support a tour. Yeah. And so either way, it, it ends up kind of working out. But um, it's in some ways uh, the technology now makes it to where it's like it was in the 50s or 60s where you could actually, you could um, record a song in one day and it could be on the, it could be on the internet radio that night. And yeah, it could, it's true. Just like, yeah, just like the 50s, you know? Yeah, they used to record it right there on the, on the 45 and yeah. bring it right up to the radio station it was ready to go. Exactly, which is pretty yeah. cool. And it, and you can also, you know, it could be for sale too. So, I mean, it all works out. Um, but it's, it's a matter of staying on top of technology now. It changes so fast, and for me, it's like I need a, I need somebody that, that has a master at technology to keep up with all this stuff. You know, I know it's incredible. Do you prefer the sound you get today, like with Pro Tools and digital, compared to the way you did back on the reels in the, you know, in the eighties? No, I mean I lo- I'm a, I'm an analog lover. I I'm definitely a purist, and I I prefer tape. I I, I still have a tape machine. And a lot of people do a hybrid thing where they'll use use both. But you can't deny that Pro Tools has come a long way in, in terms of sound quality, and uh, it's it's a new technology, and it opens up a lot of a lot of avenues too. This makes it um, makes it really easy, you know. And what I was talking about with uh, editing and stuff, you know, when you have to, when you used to have to edit um, two inch tape, you'd have to. It was like a really a crazy thing because you can, you might cut that tape and ruin that performance, you know. Whereas with with the technology of Pro Tools, you can do some experimentation in terms of trying different arrangements and maybe um, as an example, you know, a song you, you've got a song recorded and you go, yeah, I really dig the I dig the song, but instead of it um, instead of it ending the way it does, it'd be cool if it just fade did a fade, you know. Yeah. And uh, in the old days, you'd have to cut that tape and cut. Co- copy that piece of tape and then you'd have to splice that piece of tape in over and over and over and it's a really time cons- just getting one edit right was really time consuming but um uh with with pro tools it's a lot easier to to achieve those things and uh this, the other thing that I don't miss about analog is cleaning the, the damn tape heads all the time because <laughs> I don't you know I don't know if you remember doing that or not yeah, but yeah but I mean I when when I when I'd start working on um in the morning, I'd spend you know thirty minutes cleaning the, the, the tape heads and the rollers and all that shit, getting the the tape the old tape particles off there. And then as you roll, roll the tape, little by little by little, those particles come off again. And that's why the the longer you work on a session, a recording session, it get the, the tape the, the song gets dull. You know that's why ma- mastering engineers would add, always add top end because they had to because the more you record on this tape, the more dull it sounds. And the reason it's dull is those particles are coming off and they're getting on the tape head and the rollers. So I'd spend so much time cleaning that stuff every day. It was crazy. So I don't miss that. Yeah, so it's like anything else. It's good and bad. You know, I guess you have to adapt, you know, or die in this business because it's going to keep moving along. But I did notice that over the last few years, like you were saying that bands aren't selling as many albums. You know what it is? People are getting the albums. They're just not paying for it anymore. That's the problem. But, you know... 
where like you know Rob uh, Rob Halford produced Priest's solo record. They now say he sold like two thousand copies the first week, but two hundred thousand people actually had the <laughs> the album. They just got it off the internet for free. <laughs> it's That's crazy, man. It, it's cra- well, you know what? The thing that, that uh, and I I talked to David about it, and he he said something that was really cool. He goes, "Look, our, you know, the the, the people that will that will get our record, if they like the record, they'll end up buying it anyways. You know, so it's exactly. cool if they get it." If they get it, if they get a, a sneak preview online and they and they uh, download the record, that's cool. But you know, he we both have confidence that somebody will will want to get the full package and they'll want to get some of the other alternate mixes and stuff, and they'll end up buying it down the road if they like it. You know, and that's that's the way I would be too, I guess. But um, the funny thing is when you know, it's like man, there's there with White Snake, there's a lot of there's a lot of eras of fans, and there's people that that appreciate um, the old school style White Snake, and there's yeah. people that, that love what we're doing now, and that's the, the best thing. And uh, but there's no way to please everybody. But I think with this record, with Forevermore, I think we've we've just on accident, just because we've got a, a pretty diverse record, it kind of covers all those areas of White Snake. But it's funny because there are people that will you know grab the record off the net, and like you're saying, you put a lot of time into it. They'll 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 grab the record and then they'll go oh man they should have done more songs like this or that and it's like if they bought it and they were complaining that's one thing but they're <laughs> you know they downloaded it but um but exactly. so far you know thank God there's been um, been really good response to this record and I think um, as hard as it is to please everybody we've gotten we've, we've done a really good record that we believe in and we got some great I mean Brian Tishy just kills on the record. And he brought in Michael Devon on bass, and Michael's totally, he, he that that guy just, uh, those two together is just super fat. And um, and Reb played great, it sang great, and, and uh, of course David. So I think, you know, we're in good shape, I think. I agree with you 100%, and everybody has to go pick up this record this week. It comes out here in the U.S., I believe, on the 25th, I think, uh, a couple of days. So everybody's got to go grab the album. It's a great one. And, you know, Doug, I'm not going to keep you much longer. I really appreciate you calling in. I want to get on a song off the new record. So why don't you tell me something that you want to hear? Well, I mean, do we have a time constraint? Not at all. Uh, maybe let's let's play, uh, if you can, let's play uh, Forevermore and dedicate it to uh, all, the, all the great people of Japan. That sounds great. You had a big following in Japan, uh, especially with your other bands. So I definitely will get that out there for them. Doug, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Before I let you go, one quick question. I'm going to get the song on. Who has the biggest ego, guitar players or singers? And you play with some of the biggest singers. <laughs> I mean, everybody's got an ego of some kind. I don't know, man. <laughs> you know, I would say I would say probably, you know, a singer's got to have a bigger ego because that's a scary thing to get up there and have not, you know, I got a guitar I can hold on to. Yeah. In fact, I'll tell you a funny story. There was, um, there was a, a picture that I took. Um, we, we did a photo session by the uh, by Lake Tahoe, and it was a really a really cool vibe, and the, the lighting was just was awesome. It, it just looked um, very unique. And I had they had said, okay, hey, let's do some single shots. So I got a, I got out there, and it was actually in the snow. And I got out there with my I always have a guitar with me. And I brought my Les Paul, and I took some pictures. And the photographer goes, um, hey, let's t- you know let's get rid of the guitar for a couple. And I, I'll never do it again because then, you know, the, the picture's floating around the Internet with me without a guitar, and it's just like, you know, yeah. I, I, I uh, 
but um, in the end, I just I just learned a lesson: never take a picture without my guitar. I can <laughs> I can hide behind it a little bit, you know. Yeah. With a singer, you're out there, man. You gotta, you know. Thankfully, the singer, like you said, the singers I've worked with are great, and David's he's got one of those voices to die for, so he's uh, he doesn't have to worry about it. But it, I think a singer has got to have a bigger ego. I agree with you. <laughs> Doug, thank you very much, man. I appreciate it. The best of luck with Forevermore, and I'm going to catch you guys in your New York area uh, on the tour, so I'm looking forward to seeing you. Hey, Mike, my pleasure, man. Definitely uh, come come back and say hi, okay? I will. You and got I, it. I really appreciate your support, too, bro. You, you're, you're definitely uh, a big help in keeping this kind of music, keeping it out there. I really appreciate that, too. I appreciate that, Doug. Thank you very much. Have a great day. Uh, all right. Thanks, bro. Bye. Take care. I want to thank my guest, Doug Aldridge, Jason Hobble from Back from Ashes. Tell you there? Yeah, there we go. All right, I lost you there for a while, but you're back. But I want to thank everybody for calling in tonight, everybody for listening, both of my guests. That song is like eight minutes long, so I'm going to have to get it on any second now. But I guess thank you for listening. I want to tell everybody this Thursday on the Metal Matinee, uh, we're going to start our 90s series. It's, uh, Survival of the Fittest, we're going to feature all the bands in the 90s that managed to hold on from the 80s. So. Oh, that's a great idea. Yeah, that'll start this Thursday. And next week, our guests are Dave Linsk from Overkill and Tim Ripper Owens and Brian Robinson from Thin Lizzy oh. and Motorhead. So we got a busy show next week. I'm going to see if I can ask one of them to call them the week after that. But they're all available that weekend, so we'll see what happens. All right. So we've got a great bunch of guests. Thank you, everybody, for listening. How about we get on uh, Forevermore you wanted to hear? I didn't realize the song was that long, so that's why I'm rushing. I want to get the whole thing on. Yeah. It's about an eight-minute song. Cool. All right, so thank you, everybody. T, I'll talk to you later, buddy. Great Take job, care. great job. Have a good uh, weekend. I'll be listening. You too, buddy. Here you go. If the Brandon White Snake is the title track of the record, I want to thank Doug Aldrich for calling in forevermore. Because of 
Okay, some brand new White Snake for you. That's the title track forevermore. I want to thank Doug Aldridge for calling in Jason Hobble from Back from Ashes. Don't forget this Thursday at 1 p.m. the Metal Matinee. It's after the fallout, survival of the fittest. We start with 1990. And next weekend, Dave Lynch from Overkill and either Tim Ripper Owens or Brian Robinson, one or the other. I'm not sure which one's right now. But I will see you then. Have a great week, everybody. Thanks for hanging out with me. Take care. Heavy metal anywhere. BlogTalkRadio.com and Heavy Metal Mayhem. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.